The Major League Soccer season is just eight days away. Let that sink in. Welcome into the SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly from a very snowy Arizona. Ivis, do you have any snow in uh, in New Jersey right now? Actually, we do not. We uh, it's really cold, but it, thankfully there's no snow on the ground. It, it did, did. Did you watch the? Did you watch the Desert Diamond Cup? I mean, it was coming down yesterday. Well, you got to understand. I mean, we just had a foot of snow a week ago. So okay. the fact that you guys got a light dusting, as much as Relax. I know it was a freak occurrence, it, it, I'm not having a lot of sympathy for you guys. You know, I gotta tell you. for us Arizonians, Ivis, that was a pretty big deal. I mean, I and everyone looked at me. Everyone's like, "Have you seen snow before?" I'm like, "Yes, I've seen snow before." But the fact that it was snowing in the desert, I mean. Dude, it was wild. I mean, I, I, I was outside the, almost the whole night last night just standing in the snow. How pathetic is that? that it, it sounds like it was a, a scene out of one of those movies, like The Day After Tomorrow or, or something, <laughs> when the, the, all the weather just completely goes crazy. I know. Everyone's just like, dude, what is this guy? He's such a rookie, man. He's never been in the snowfall before. Well, I, dare you you, to, I dare you to come out here when it's 115. Hey man, I've been out. In, I've been out in the hot weather before. Well, not it's just, not, a not, not you, not you. Just the other haters. That, that's who that. That's who I'm talking to. I so let me. I gotta know. Did you try to make snow angels in the? No, no, because it was one millimeter. No, no, no. It's still so hot that as soon as the snow hits the ground, it melts. <laughs> oh, that's kind of weak. Yeah, I, I yes, <laughs> it's very weak. It's very pathetic. That just goes to show that it's never it's never cold out here. Um, all right, Ivis, uh, we have a great show lined up for everyone. Uh, we're going to have Tim Howard on the show, and then we're going to have Dan Kennedy on the show. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about all the other MLS stuff going on right now. And, uh, but, Ivis, let, let's talk about the biggest news right now. Always, of course, we always want to talk U.S. Men's National Team. And when talking U.S. Men's National Team, Landon Donovan's name is probably always going to come up. And just recently, yesterday, I mean, sorry, two, uh, yesterday, he spoke to a group of people, and you think, oh, we talked to media. No, no, no. He spoke to at a forum at the University of Southern California, and a student live-tweeted it, and there's a video of it now. It's up on the website. I mean, Ivis, this is, this is kind of interesting that, that just the comments that he had to say. Well, this is the first time he's come, come forward publicly and talked, and it, it all came together pretty quickly. You know, nobody knew he was doing it. At least it was, you know, out in the public eye that it was, it was happening. And uh, leave it up to a few college students who were planning to attend and who did attend to actually spread the word on what went down. And, and I got to tell you, it was funny when, when it all started happening. You almost had to wonder if it was a hoax. You know, if, if these guys, if someone was mm-hmm. trying to pull a, a fast one on everybody. But I think I think we all figured out pretty quickly that. That it was legit, and 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 now we know for a fact that that you know Landon Donovan spoke, and he had a lot of interesting things to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, he said things like soccer's not a big part of me. I feel like I have so much more to give post soccer. That's how I want to be remembered. I mean, he also said that he has an interest in playing for the national team. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously things that that I don't know if that's surprising that he wants to play for the national team. And I think we've always known that soccer isn't the biggest thing for Landon. Well, that that wasn't really the news of that whole speech. I mean, he said that stuff last last summer. Actually, when he really made the waves about just kind of his his mental state. Uh, you know, he he talked about that last summer. I think the fact that he had been away now, he had been been away for for you know more more than a month now, almost two months, and and him coming forward, it gave us a chance to kind of get a sense of where he is right now, emotionally and mentally. Um, you know, in this kind of recovery period, and the fact that. He was able to talk about the national team and and say that he, you know, he wants to come back and play. I mean, I think that that was while it shouldn't have been that shocking. I think just it just kind of put maybe put some people's minds at ease about the the fact that yes, he's still it's still something he wants to do. Yeah, I don't think their minds are going to be at ease when he goes. I'm leaving tonight and going to Cambodia for ten days. 
Well, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll be you know living comfortably when he goes out there. I don't I don't think he's going to be in the jungles uh, fighting lions or anything. No, 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 no. But or I tigers. mean, I know, I know. But when you when you see it, when you see something like that, it's just it's it's so glaring and shocking. Just like, whoa, really? Okay. Well, he's. I mean, this is what he's done this off season. He he needed time off. He needed to rest physically. He needed to rest mentally and emotionally. And and that was some of the the, the other really in, interesting stuff that he said was, you know, talking mm-hmm. about kind of the things that he has gone through uh, in, in these past few years. You know, he, he, he was very candid about, you know, talking about his, 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 his marriage and, you know, he's obviously no longer married mm-hmm. and his relationship with his father, which he didn't have, you know, he didn't have a relationship with his father uh, when he was younger and, and he kind of, you know, resented him. Uh, and, you know, just based on what, you know, we were able to get, you got the sense that I guess his, you know, the father left left the family and, and he never really understood why. And, and he, he held it against him forever until he was kind of in a similar situation where, you know, with, with his his marriage. So and then he forgave him. So I, I thought that was some just unbelievably insightful. It gave us kind of a picture, uh, a window into his soul and, and understand maybe some of the things he's battling with mm-hmm. right now. And I know if some people don't want to hear it. Some people think, oh, you know, he's a crybaby. He shouldn't whatever, whatever. Listen, the guy he's at the end of the day, he's a human being. And you know, I wrote about it today on SBI. Uh, you know, people need to realize that, that, you know, it, it this goes beyond someone being tired and having played too much. It, it's also about him just kind of needing a mental break to, 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 you know, figure out things in his life as a whole, you know, and that, not, it's not just about soccer uh, with him. And if anything, now it sounds like he's kind of coming through that mm-hmm. period and he's, 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 he's in a better position right now. He, he's in a better state of mind. Uh, and, and I really, I really think, when he comes back, he's going to be he's going to be in a much better place and, and be in, in better shape to to have a, a strong twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. Well, and he also talked about uh, when David Beckham was there. You know, he, he told that you know the, the biggest issue I think with that was the fact that he gave up his his uh, his captain's armband to David. But but I wonder about this though, Ivis. I wonder if this was a kind of a, a carefully thought out plan by Landon to maybe go to a bunch of students. Where it's going to be more of just kind of a casual environment, than having to sit down and answer reporters' questions. I mean, do, do you think that he kind of thought this through and said maybe this would be the best way to get my message out there without feeling pressured? I don't know about that, man. Uh, I'm mean, sure you some know? people are going to. No, because you know what? At the end of the day, Landon's never been one who's been afraid to talk. He's never been afraid to talk to the media. Uh, I honestly think he was probably just in his off-season mode, and then someone presented him with the opportunity to talk. Someone said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing this?" And then he thought about it and he said, sure, you know, and I, and I think, you know, was it, did, did it occur to him that this might be a little easier than a regular media scrum? Sure, I'm sure that crossed his mind, but I doubt it was a calculated thing that it was their way to get their message out as opposed to the regular, by regular means. I don't think that was it at all. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, that this was presented to him and, and he said, why not? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just... It just seems very convenient. I don't know. You're, uh, you're over. You're over. I, I mean, know. You're, you're taking a really cynical approach to it. I mean, it, it's because you know what? At the end of the day, people ask. If you think about it, I mean, as much as you want to say, "Oh, they're just college students," but listen, you, if anyone should know, as a young guy, younger yeah. younger people will ask inappropriate questions more so than seasoned journalists. What's will that? Ask wait, wait, wait. Questions. What's that supposed so, to mean? I'm not saying you ask inappropriate questions, but I'm just saying uh-huh. younger right. people don't have that filter. They don't. They don't. They might not kind of think think about you know is this a good question to ask a bad question. They'll just ask what's on their mind. And 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 if anything, I don't know if people should assume 
that that would be an easier route than as opposed to you know him being grilled by those of us who've covered him for years and 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 kind of know him better than these 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 college students. So I, I don't know if that was necessarily an easy rate, a road for him to take. I, okay, first off, I'm taking that as a dig. Not I'm not appreciating that. <laughs> and face it, you have no filter. You'll ask anything. That's, okay, maybe that's true. <laughs> and I was speaking of the U.S. men's national team. Uh, we had Tim Howard on, and uh, he talked a little bit about, you know, his, you know, what, what he thought of the whole Landon Donovan situation. Right. He he's been someone who you know, he I, I think t- Tim Howard is is in the same boat as as a lot of all the veterans or most of the veterans on the national team is in that, you know, they've played alongside uh, alongside Landon. They know Landon very well. They respect the, the heck out of Landon. You know, they they've obviously been through been through the battles together. So I know some people think, oh, you know, th- th- this land, you know, Donovan missing these games, it's going to send a bad message to the team. They're not they're not going to accept him. You know what? At the end of the day, when you've played alongside guys and, and, and been through these kind of experiences, uh, you know they understand each other more than most, and they definitely understand each other more than than those of us who don't know them that closely understand them. So, you know, I thought it was interesting to, to listen to Tim and kind of put it in perspective that yes, the team would be better off with him. They'd be a better team with him, but they also are still a, a good team without him, and and that's what they have to deal with right now. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's it just his pace on the wing. I mean, you and I talk about all the time how, how the U.S. Men's, men's National Team could use that. And uh, speaking of Tim Howard, we have him on the phone right now, uh, starting goalkeeper for Everton and the U.S. Men's National Team. Tim, how you doing today? I am uh, I'm great, thank you. You know, Tim, you've had a, now a couple weeks uh, since the Honduras game, and, and you've had a, ta- a chance to, to look back on that game. What, what do you take from that game? Uh, we don't take much from it, that's for sure. Um you know, sometimes you just have to move on. It's just a lot of tape. We're going to move on, you know. Um, and I think that's kind of what the, the Honduras game was for us. You know, it was it was tough. We didn't play particularly well. You have to accept that and, and, and move past it. Well, I'm, I'm sure you didn't have a lot of time to dwell on it since you had the, uh, you know, just a few days later you had to you had to play Man United, so you, you had a lot on your mind. Uh, he talked to me about the season so far for Everton. It's, it seems like it's kind of gone the opposite of the normal script. You guys had a strong start to the season, and then uh, you know, second half. Now you guys have had had some struggles here and there. Just just talk about how the season's gone over there. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we did we had a good start, but I, I don't I don't necessarily think we've struggled. We just there's a couple. It's always difficult to go to Man United and, and get a result. You know, the one, uh, the one we wish we probably could have had back was um, the S, the Aston Villa draw. You know, as a game we felt like we, we could have won, um, but we still have to push forward and, and, and you know kind of set our sights on the games ahead of us. And uh, you know, we're not doing too bad. We're still in a, a pretty good uh, position to strike. So we've got to play Tottenham away, Liverpool away, Arsenal away, to um, mention all the other games. You know, so. If we can pick up some 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 valuable points uh, in those away games against really really close to us, I think psychologically that will give us an edge. You know, uh, Tim, the other guys, the other day you guys uh, tied Oldham Athletic. You guys have a rematch here coming up in a couple of days. You know, how important is it for you? Do you to go into the FA Cup and win that game, or, or I mean, is that something that you guys kind of maybe look at as as a distraction from from the from the from the Premier League? I mean, how, how do you go into that FA Cup with that rematch game coming up? Yeah, no, it's not a distraction, and if it is, it's a very positive one. It kind of allows you to refocus, you know, like 
we lost to Man United, but because the FA Cup was the next weekend and not the Premier League, you, you kind of was able, we were able to put the, the Premier League results behind us and look forward to the FA Cup. So it, it's helped in that regard. Um, it was a difficult game away from home, that was for sure. Um, they played well and put us under a lot of pressure. So now we have the home tie. We get them back at our place, and you know we're going to try and make it difficult for them. Uh, you know we got, we've got a we've got a really big big pitch, big stadium. So we're going to try and use that to our advantage. You know, when you go into these games, I mean, obviously these teams look at you guys as the Giants, and you know everyone wants to take down the Giant. I mean, are these games harder because these teams want to want to beat you and get on that national stage? I mean, do you, do you do you do you sense that these teams are, are are desperate and playing out of their minds in every single game? Yeah, you know, I think the, I think the psychological advantage, um, you know, that 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 they have is um, they've got nothing to lose. You know, whereas when you're the big team, you do not want to get beat by a lower division team. You know, it, it stings. It gets talked about, uh, you know, years and years after. So that's the pressure that we, um, as the Premier League team, have to kind of um, absorb and and go forward with because it is it's difficult when. Uh, when you're the hunted, you know. Is it, at this point, after so many years playing in that competition, does anything su- still surprise you? I mean, are you pretty much grown accustomed to kind of just crazy things happening in those games? Well, you know, I, I have. You know, you know, every round or at least once a year, there's just going to be some crazy upset that should not happen. But uh, as you mentioned, it, it's, it's kind of par for the course as far as the FA Cup competition goes. So. Uh, no, I, after 10 years of playing it, I am not surprised. Uh, getting back to the national team a little bit, uh, as you might imagine after that game, that that, that first qualifier, uh, a lot of fans are, are, are a little, little worried, a little nervous, even though there's still yeah. nine games to go in the hex, yeah. uh, and it's still so early, and, 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 and there were some other interesting results in the group as well. Uh, what do you think is kind of the state of the team as far as coming off that game? I mean, is it is it fair to say that, that I mean, the veterans realize what, it's a long haul and, and, and it's not exactly time to panic yet? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very long process. And, um, you know, I think fortunately for us, we don't have the, the luxury of of panicking, you know, and I know that I know that other people outside of the immediate team will do that and will – obviously analyze the result and speculate and that's that's normal um but as far as the team is concerned and the the players look we, we know that it's it's a 10 game process now a nine game process and um you know you don't want to overlook the fact that you need to pick up points uh, as often as you can but having said that we you know look we're still in a good position we're still one of the strongest teams in the region uh and it's it's, it's up to us to prove that over the next nine games, but no, I, it, if there's a time to panic, that will come. But certainly now is not the time. Great. As far as the defense goes, and I know we had a chance to talk after the game, and, and and it was a young group as far as experience in those kind of games go. Uh, what do you think about kind of the state of the defense? And are you are you pretty confident that these guys can kind of put it together and and, and gain that experience that they need? Or where do, where do you think they they kind of stand right now? The back line. Yeah, look, I think we've got, I think the, the four guys that played in the back are very talented individuals, you know. Um, having said that, it was our first time playing together. As you rightly pointed out, I think it was everybody, it was, it was everyone's first time playing in the hex or something to that extent. So we, we were inexperienced in that regard. But the only way to gain that experience is, is kind of gelling together and continue to play games. Obviously, the other argument is that it is the hex and 
um, it's a it's a tough learning environment. But hey, that's that's what it is. You know, I think these guys are all you know, playing at the highest level, and they're gonna they're gonna or well, we all together will figure it out. Um, it's not the, it's not the end of the earth. You know, uh, we'll, we'll continue to grow as as a as a group and as a unit. And I think that's the you know the best uh, defenses, the best back fours, are the ones that can gel together get on the same page as quickly as possible. But no, I've got no, I've got no qualms about any, you know, any of the guys who are out there. And, and as I said, it, it wasn't a great day for anyone, you know, so, so to try and single out one single position or a group of players is difficult. You know, we, I think we all were below par. You know, Tim, uh, Ivis and I talked about this before. I mean, it's been a long time since you left uh, MLS to head over to England. Um, I mean, you also been with the national team since 2002, but, you know, over the last couple of years, have you seen the region and the teams that you play against? You know, the, the conversation that Ivis and I had was that MLS is becoming stronger with all these uh, teams, with all these countries in the region. I mean, they're sending players up to the MLS. Have you seen a transition in the CONCACAF becoming stronger by having something like the MLS exist where these players can go play in a league that's maybe a higher level than the countries that they're playing in? Probably so, yeah. I have seen it. You know, you recognize uh, all these all these different players around CONCACAF are now coming to MLS. And, and I think it's a good thing for MLS. It's a good thing for CONCACAF, but it's also something as a U.S. national team we have to contend with, you know. Um, they're getting better games regularly uh, by playing in MLS. And that obviously bodes well for them when they go back to their uh, individual countries. So, you know, I think I think all in all, it's a huge positive. The only drawback is that they, they get stronger uh, as individuals and also collectively with their, with their national teams who we have to go up against. But... Um, you know, I think that's something we, we, we can deal with. I think it's something we can handle. Yeah, you have the upcoming qualifiers uh, in March now, uh, less than a month away. And uh, one of those games is the trip to, to Mexico City, uh, to, to, you know, to Azteca and to face Mexico. Uh, obviously, every game is important, but tell me about that game. And, and, and is, that, is that one that you, I mean, as many big games as you play, is that one that you circle on your calendar to, that kind of you get up, you're a little extra up for? I mean, is that, is, is just talk about that, 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 you know what that means that game yeah it's you know i've always said that's get measured you know as a, as a u.s player in the big games uh particularly against mexico i think now now we have a psychological edge i think i think our record is 157 and 89 or something like that um obviously i'm joking it's a difficult place to play everyone finds it um difficult because you know we, we like to say the opportunity which plays a part but also mexico is a damn good team so um, you know, we'll, we'll try and put a game plan together where we can, we can pick up a result. And I think ultimately that's the most important thing is trying to, it's not easy to put the rivalry, uh, on the back burner, uh, put the environment on the back burner, but that's something as, as, as a team we have to do. We've got to go down there, be single-minded, be focused and know that, you know, if we can come away with something, put some points on the board, um, that's going to help us down the road. Now, now, one of the uh, people who won't be there in Mexico City is uh, Landon Donovan. Now that it's kind of come out that he's not going to be back till the end of March, even though he said last night apparently that he wants to be back with the national team, uh, you know, when he's ready and when he's playing. Uh, what, have you heard? Did you hear about that? And what, just what are your thoughts on on just not having him there? And obviously, you know, we talked about this Honduras, and, and you said, you know, if he needs his time and he needs to do what he needs to do. But you know, how how, how, how much does that hurt you guys? Not tough with me, just kind of not having him in that mix or have you guys just gotten used to it by now with so many games? Well, you know, I think it's, 
again, with the speculation and all the rest of it, you know, I'm a big Giants fan. Tom Coughlin let the uh, the injured players come into training until the until the guys who were who were fit and ready to play could uh, uh, got off the got off the training field because you know ultimately the guys who are there are the only guys who can help you. And we're a really good team, um, you know, with or without Landon. I think with Landon, we're better because he's uh, he's a tremendous player, you know. Um, but when he when he gets back, uh, that's you know, that's up to him and that's up to the coach, you know. Uh, I look forward to having him back because he poses problems for for the opposition, and that helps out. Great. As far as your season goes, you know you've you played once again as you do every year. You you, know, you played it. You play a ton of games, a ton of big games, and and have your you know share big plays here and there. Seem this year though, it seems like you, there's been a little more criticism aimed at you, uh, as far as your play mistakes, this and that. What, what do you make of that? Does it surprise you, or, or do you, or does it just kind of come with the territory? Um, you know, I, I think I think that uh, in general, uh, I don't really worry about praise or criticism too much. I I think it's. <clears throat> I think uh, it's probably, you know, in a roundabout way, a pat on the back because I set my standards so high, you know. Um, at least I like to think I have. And as you said, in, in any season, it's, you know, I'm pretty level-headed. In any season, there's, at, at this level, the stakes are so high. Um, and there's not a lot of room for error. So, uh, you know, when, when you do something as a player or as a goalkeeper, if, if a goal goes in that you should have done better, on it gets analyzed and overanalyzed, and you know you make a you make a save that seems routine to you, and whoever it is commentating the game decides they want to make it better than it actually was. You look like a, an absolute hero. So you know I don't I don't get caught caught up in it too much. You know I I know what it takes to to be good and be consistent at this level, and I I just try I just try and go out and do that. You know. People who level criticism at me, you know that, that's easy. I, I don't, I don't really. Uh, again, as I said, I don't really get too caught up in it. I can, I could probably, you know, to the critics, I would say, you know, if there's ten Premier League games uh, every weekend, I would be happy to go through all the Premier League goals with them and show them how many go in that goalkeepers, quote unquote, would be saving. You know, so uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's easy to criticize. Right, right, and and it, it, it does it just come with being old like me and you are. We're both old guys. Is it, is that just as you get older? <laughs> Say that again. Is that is that just come with being uh, just getting older and being old men like we are? Yeah, I think so. It's she's normal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, it, no, no. We, we. Oh, sorry. Just one one last one to ask you about MLS. I know we talked about it last year in Guatemala. Uh, quite, you know, to, to, to great extent that you, you said at one point you do want to come back. You, you want to not only play, you want to be a part of the league. Is that is that still kind of yeah. where you see yourself going a, a couple of years from now? Yeah, I mean, yes. You know, the, the simple answer is yes. Obviously, it's it's a bit more complicated than that. Uh, if, I, if I'm playing, you know, if I'm competing on the playing a super high level, then I think, you know, I have to weigh up all my options. I still have three years of my contract here at Everton after this season. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's tough to say. It's a, it's certainly something that uh, entices me, but kind of have to cross that bridge when, when we get there, because you know, I, right now it, things look, things look different now than they, than they will in a couple of years. 
It, Tim, what, uh, what's the what's the offseason plan for the for the New York Giants? What, what do they need to uh, What do they need to fix to uh, to go back to the playoffs next year? <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. Do, do um, they need RG three? Well, I tell you what, they, you know, now don't say that in front of eyes because you know what he's like. <laughs> you uh, can't. Don't even play. Like I him. know. I know. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I think there's. I think defensively they weren't right on the on the boil, but probably sort out the running back situation. I think New York's always been a, a run first team, so if we can get back to getting uh, a thousand yard rusher, maybe two thousand yard rusher, or is that being a bit greedy? <laughs> two thousand yard rusher? I mean, that's that's pretty big right there. I know, I know, but you know, it's New York, so you got to expect the best. <laughs> well, Tim, as we as we always do on the show right here. Um, we always like to ask the guests what they would love for the outro music on the show. What what, what are you geeking on right now that you love to hear for the outro music? Um, well, I'm a huge, huge Trod Paul Quest fan. I, I live and breathe Trod, so uh, anything by them. Probably one of the classics is uh, Check the Rhyme. So, you know, you can, you can do whatever you like. For, no, I, 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 go ahead, Ivis. No, I was gonna point. I was gonna say, uh, people might not know, but t- Tim actually has a pretty wide, wide ranging uh, uh, taste in music, uh, and and it, apparently country music has has been added to your repertoire now, right, Tim? I mean, is that is that still yeah. the case? Uh, kid from Jersey is down with down with country music. Is that is that, is that right? um, you know what? I I keep a house in Memphis, so yeah, I'm a Jersey boy at heart, but I've got it all. I've got country, old school jazz, hip hop. Uh, yeah, you name it. Who's, it, your, who's, your, who's, your, fa- your, who's your favorite country artist? Favorite country artist? Ah, right now, it's probably, it's probably well, Toby Keith is uh, is classic. I met him and he was he was larger than life. So uh, I love Toby Keith. Well, uh, Tim, thank you so much for uh, for taking time out of your day and joining us on the show today. Thank you, guys. And of course, Ivis, uh, you know, another guest that comes on and just loves your music. Well, listen. Yeah, well, I got to tell you. I mean, to it's be conspiracy. fair, uh, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the last show we had John Hackworth on. This time we had Tim Howard on. You know, the, these are guys that are closer to, to my generation. Uh, you know, Tim Howard is whose birthday is coming up, by the way, in a few weeks. Uh, you know, he's only he's about four years younger than me. We, so we we have pretty similar tastes. But I tell you what, once we start having guys close to your age uh, come come on, once we start having some academy players some youth players, then, you know, I think they'll probably, maybe, maybe they'll be into the music you like. Yeah, that's what the show lacks. It lacks a youth movement. We need more youth on this show. Well, you know, I mean, let's face it, younger younger players aren't always, you know, much like co-hosts. Young, younger players are, are not not as polished, you know, they they, they, they aren't as, as savvy when it comes to talking. So. Oh, well, Ivis, I appreciate that, that, uh, that compliment. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed by that. Well, that 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 really wasn't a compliment. I was kind of putting you in their category. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Iris. I appreciate that. No, no, you for a young. I'll tell you what, for a young guy, you're pretty pretty polished. Th- thank, thank you. All right, well, Iris, enough enough boosting my ego. Um, let's talk some more young. Let's let's talk more youth. We need more youth on the show. That that's what the issue is. Let's talk you twenties here. Um, they've advanced to the next round courtesy of Haiti losing. Um, so they're going to go into the next game. Obviously, uh, you know, a win or a draw, they win that group. Um. Are you worried about their mentality now since they already know they've advanced? I, I don't know. I, I, I tell you, for a young group, when you talk about younger players, I think if anything, 
a younger group would be more inclined to to play better because they won't have that pressure. You know, I think they can go into this game and have fun. But and and but at the same time, there is something on the line here. I mean, the 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 top of the group is on the line against Costa Rica, it, and it means a weak a weaker opponent in the quarterfinals. So there's definitely uh, something on the line. You have that as well as the fact that all these guys are playing to impress. Uh, Tab Ramos and, and who he's going to decide to start in the all-important quarterfinal game. So I think you know it, it, it's not exactly that they're going to be playing a scrimmage on Friday. Well, okay, okay. Let's talk about the roster here because I mean you said guys are going to want to impress him. You know, at the at the previous game, a couple players are played out of position. I, I mean, do you see more of a traditional lineup this time, or do you kind of see some of those changes again? I mean, you know, what, what should we expect out of the out of this game? Well, you know what I, I think. I think some people are beating the whole out of position thing. Uh, beating that dead horse a little much. Are there are there players who are not in their traditional college positions or have changed positions recently in the past year in the group? Sure, that's happened. But at the same time, you know these guys are are, are, are they know how to play these positions that they're being put in. It's not like they're com- completely foreign to these guys. Uh, you know, so let, I, I think that you know the whole idea about that being why the team struggled. I, I really honestly, I don't think that was it at all. But that being said, I do think there will be some lineup changes. I think we'll see at least two or three, uh, you know, Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. Why, why do you think the team struggled in that first game, though, in the second half? What, what, what do you take from that? I mean, obviously the defense didn't perform. I mean, they underperformed in that game, but, I mean, it just didn't seem like the team overall had a good game, and especially in the second half. Right, absolutely. Uh, the team, especially in the second half, was flat. I mean, the thing is, I mean, honestly... Uh, you got to give some credit credit to Haiti. I mean, I know they lost to Costa Rica, but anyone who, who followed that game knows that you know they hit the they hit the woodwork about three or four times in that game. They put all sorts of pressure on Costa Rica. They very easily could have won that game. I mean, it was a one zero. You know, they lost to Costa Rica one zero. They could have easily won three one or four one if they had a little bit better uh, finishing ability. But they showed, if anything, they showed in that second game that the first game wasn't a complete fluke. The second game wasn't necessarily about the U.S. being a bad team. You know, Haiti has some quality. They have some athletes. They have a ton of speed, uh, and, and they played with a bunch of confidence. So you know, you have to give them a little credit there. Um, that being said. There were clearly issues to work on, as we talked about in the last show. Um, you know, they, defensively, yes, the back four could have done better, but I really think the the entire the entire ten uh, player group, the entire four three three, could have done better defensively, especially the guys up top. When you talk about on the wings, uh, they they needed to get back more to provide to put some pressure on Haiti, and they didn't do that. And a lot of times, they 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 didn't. They weren't in good positions, and they left defenders out to dry <clears throat> because there wasn't that coverage and that overall team defending that you need, especially in that kind of system that you want to play. You need to put pressure all over the field. You need to have everyone play as a unit, and you just didn't see enough of that. And I think, if anything, the changes that you're going to see aren't necessarily going to be in the back, although I think we could, I think we should see at least one change in the back. I think maybe the left back you, you might see. Um, you might see Javon Torre not not start left back, but beyond that, I think the guys up top are the ones that you want to look at and say, "Hey, these guys didn't get the job done as far as pressuring defensively and also in the attack." So I think that's where Tyler Ramos, if anywhere, I think he's going to make some adjustments. And uh, I mean, I would say one, I love that the games are all broadcast because it's great we can all watch the games in real time and not have to uh, <clears throat> watch on the internet. Um, but we, there's a big issue we have in the show right now, Ivis. Do you know what that issue is? Uh, I think I do know what it is. You know what the issue is? We have yet to tell the audience that we are the official home of Chivas USA Talk. How could we no, forget sh- that? 
Well, yeah, that's true. We are supposed to say that. I think that's in the contract. We have, we have to mention that. <laughs> well, I mean, I was, let's let's achieve this USA. I mean, since we did the last show, not, I mean, nothing majors happened. So you know, I, I guess I guess things are going pretty good then. Well, I mean, they did play a game uh, the other day, and they tied zero zero. So you know, I think the fact that they didn't score a goal, I think that's going to send people up in arms. I think, I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to start getting some more complaints. Well, one of the players that we, we've we've talked about, you know, I think the most out of out of all the players on Chivas UA is, is obviously Dan Kennedy. And uh, you know, I mean, you talked about a little bit of a trade rumors with him, but you know, it, it, just, it seems like he's he's officially going to going to stay and be on the roster permanently. Right. And that he he's not. I mean, not only is he on the team, it's, it seems like he's he's going to be the captain of the team. And I mean, when it boils down to it, he's the best player on the team. He was their best player last year. He, he you know, as bad as last season was, it could have been even worse. I mean, it could have been all time worse if not for Dan Kennedy, you know, making ridiculous saves on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team is built around him now that he's definitely going to be there. He's going to be the centerpiece in the back. He's he, he you know he's it's gonna he's probably gonna have to make a ton of saves again, but he he's also the guy that you look at and you say you know look at the starting lineup look at all the names it's all Latin American players Mexican Americans you know Colombian Americans included Juan Agudelo but you have one American one Gringo as they like to say and it's Dan Kennedy uh, a fan favorite and one of the top goalkeepers in the league and and you know the team was thinking about trading him as far as I know they were on the verge of trading him and whether they just got smart or got scared they didn't pull the trigger and now it, that could end up being the best decision that they make oh well, Ivis uh that's uh that's now welcome in Dan Kennedy uh Chivas USA goalkeeper Dan how you doing today Good guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you on. Uh, when you look at your team and all the turnover that you guys have had, um, you know it, it might seem a little bit difficult, but the team keeps winning right now. You know, w- w- I mean, where's kind of you know the the state of the team with with all the tr- transition that you're winning at the same time? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a very positive thing for our group. We have a lot of new guys, uh, new guys in, and um, you know the first question that's going to be asked of us is, is about team unity and. And continuity and, and how we're gelling together. And I think these results, uh, just, just help that process along a little bit faster. And it's, it's really important for us. And you had to know, you knew, I mean, you had to know that the way, the way last season went, that, that there were going to be, a, you know, a lot of changes. Obviously, the head coach changed and, and you knew the roster was going to change. How tough was it in, in off season kind of not knowing who was going to still be there, if you were even going to be there? I mean, was it, was this kind of like a different type of situation you've ever been in before? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I've been through coaching changes at this club and at different clubs. And, and you know, the weird thing last year was that we were actually doing really pretty well through July. And once the ownership change happened, it felt like everything um, – it felt like everybody had already, was already moving on, you know. So I think you saw people with their foot, uh, you know, already out the door before the season concluded, and our results uh, reflected that. Um, and like you, like you said, in sports, when things go bad, you know the one, the one guarantee is there's going to be a lot of change and a lot of turnover. So I, I'm, you know, personally, I, I've always just tried to embrace this. I, I feel like it, it presents new, different opportunities. And for me, with my history, it's kind of a unique situation in that I, I, I did play in, in the Caribbean and in South America where I learned some Spanish and, and it's helped me, it's helped me, you know, 
work under the new coaching staff and alongside uh, a lot of the new players really well. Now, now, talking a little about about last year, you mentioned how things kind of really went went south uh, after July. Was was the second half of that season? Was that the toughest kind of time for you as a player? Or and how'd you kind of cope with that? Just I mean, obviously the bad losses as a goalkeeper. No goalkeeper likes to get scored on. Uh, but how'd right. you kind of how'd you kind of cope with with just so the bad run that you guys went through? Yeah, I mean, I, it definitely was my, my worst time as a, as a player is when I was hurt, to be honest with you. Um, it, I, I still felt going into every game that, you know, being a goalkeeper, I always feel like I have a chance to make a big impact. And, and it, if I can make some big saves, key moments, then it, then it really lifts the team. And so that was definitely my mindset going into every game, uh, and it still is. And, it, yeah, it, at the tail end of the season there, it, when, when you know, we knew the playoffs were done, we felt like the, you know, the change was looming. And it, it was just, it was only, it was disheartening. I felt like we let ourselves down. We let the fans down. Um, and and we, uh, we, we should have we ended it on a better note than we did. Well, when you talk about the fans, you know, do, do you do you see a maybe a, a disconnect with the fan base, or does the fan base really understand what's going on? Because, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, maybe for us that aren't familiar with Chivas USA, um, I mean, do, do you see kind of a, a strange relationship the fans might now have with the club? Uh, you know, it's hard for me to say. I I can only really speak with my relationship with the fans, uh, and and it's actually great. You know, we. We, I have fans and we have fans here at USA that I see, you know, at training and, and at every single game. And whenever I make any type of appearance in the community, they, they are not shy to show up and give their support. And, you know, I've always felt extremely welcomed here. And, and, and like we, we really do have, have uh, people behind us. Um, I, obviously when, when the team struggles, uh, you know, it can reflect on the fan base a little bit. And, and I hope that, you know, with this new group of guys, we can pull, we can, we can pull out of it and, and bring our fans something to really celebrate. Now, now, you know, among the new people that are in, in, within the team now is obviously the head coach, uh, El Chelis. And, and he, he's a bit of a personality. He, he's a unique, uh, a unique persona in the league. W- what's it been like kind of working with him and, and how would you how would you kind of describe him to people that that maybe aren't familiar with him? Yeah, I mean you you hit you hit it on, hit it the nail on the head. I mean he is the most unique coach um, I've, I've I've seen. I, he's his energy, the way the way he does things things is is just his own way, you know. And he um, he demands a, a level on the field, and and he's not he's not he's not shy and. To get to get after you if it's not a, a high enough standard, but uh, everything stays on the field. Nothing's personal with him, and and he he definitely fights for his players that are in his locker room, and and I think that 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 bit you're seeing from Chalice, uh where where he fights for us in the locker room, you're seeing us put that on the field, and we're we're banding together and fighting on the field together. So. You know, my hope is that we can have a smooth transition into season um, and, and have our the same type of results we've gotten all preseason in the first month here of the MLS campaign. Now, you know, you've been with Tews for a while now, and and when it comes to uh, attention and notoriety and 
media coverage. You, you guys don't always get 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 as much as some others, but it seems like this off season, everyone wants to talk about you guys and the way the team's being made up. Uh, what what Chelis is doing with the roster. Have you been surprised by some of that? And 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 what what what's your kind of opinion of this whole approach uh, that that the team's kind of undertaken to to go with a very very strong Latino American Mexican American uh, dominated uh, roster? Yeah, I mean it's uh, essentially it goes along with the brand. I, I assume you know Chivas Guadalajara is a very str- strong brand globally and. And obviously, they identify solely with the Mexican population um, and and having Mexican players. And you know, we are part of that family. And it doesn't mean every you know, for myself, myself included, I feel part of the family. It doesn't mean I have to be a, a Latin player. But um, that that is us trying to identify with our, our, I guess, the history of the brand. And uh, you know. I'm what the important thing to me is that we do it in a way that wins games, you know, and, and then they, there will really be something to celebrate. And, and to me, that's what this whole thing is about is just winning in the end. And if we can do it this way, then, then great, because that's what our, that's what our owners want. Uh, I'll be, I'll be all for it. Uh, but have you been surprised by, I guess the backlash maybe from outside of the, you know, it seems like across the country, Everyone's talking about you guys now, and, and, and a lot of people are obviously upset about because they don't get it. Like you said, I mean, they don't they don't quite grasp the whole idea of the the you know che- trying to focus on the Mexican American community and trying to uh, uh, grow those roots. Have you been surprised by that backlash a bit? You know, I, I, to be honest with you, I try not to get too uh, too caught up with it. Um, I, I just don't think it's my place. You know, uh, I I I feel like. Maybe in in a way, um, we're we're a little bit easy to pick on right now, just because of the season that we had. And for me, the the backlash ho- hopefully will all just settle down after we we get on our way in this season and and get some results and and worry about what's really important. And that's to me, it's playing soccer games. Right. Do you get the sense that that some helps on the way? I mean, it, obviously, you guys have cleared quite a bit of cap room uh and and there's some it seems like the team as, as well as you guys are doing in preseason you, you you're still kind of an incomplete team like do you get that sense that that, that we're, we're about to see the team kind of re- reload now and start to get bring in some some more talent you know that's a, that's a good question i i think we do we may have uh some space for some guys now and and I, I hope I, I hope that we are able to to do that and 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 you know improve our roster. I think it's a, it would be great for us um, if it doesn't happen right now and we wait till the summer. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world because I do actually like the group that we are putting on the field right now. Um, so you know I think last year we had we struggled we struggled so much with scoring that I, I really don't believe that it's going to be a problem this year. I think you guys are going to get excited when you watch us play and see how we attack and, and pressure other teams. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind the, uh, the element of surprise. And I, I really do think that we're going to surprise some people this season. Nice. Now, now one, uh, one of the trans transactions that the team made was acquiring the rights to Johnny Bornstein. Uh, have have right. you been on the Have you been on the phone with with Johnny to 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 make you know kind of convince him to come? Or do, do you think well, you get the yeah, I mean, I 
Johnny and I have been close for a lot of years, and, and we text often. Um, contractually, I think he's still obligated to, to stay in Mexico. Um, so until that changes, I'm not sure he can just get out. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, with, that, with that being said, if, if his rights open up sooner uh, rather than later, I think we'd all be excited to have him back. Johnny's a, Johnny's a great guy to have in the locker room, and obviously he can do the business on the field. So he, he would help any team in this league. Well, Dan, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the program. We appreciate it, and good luck with the rest of the season, okay? No no problem, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. All righty. And uh, I, even said, I guess you, you kind of overlooked the fact, the fact excuse me, uh, that with Dan Kennedy, that, I mean, he's right. When you look at his playing career, I mean, playing in Puerto Rico and playing in Chile, I mean, you have to assume that that playing there has obviously maybe made this transition, you know, a little easier for him because he's you know, more familiar with the culture, I guess. Yeah, he he's from he's from Cali. Yeah, he's from Southern California. He Fullerton. it's not it's not a completely foreign uh, idea to him to be on a team that's made up mostly of Latin American players. Uh, you know, I don't I don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem. He he does know Spanish. You know, he's it's he's not an expert. He'll tell you himself that he 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 doesn't speak the most perfect Spanish, but you know he has a he has a working knowledge of it. And and I think again, what it boils down to is he's one of the top goalkeepers in the league, and and, and that's he's the kind of guy you want to build around, especially when you talk about a team that was so bad defensively last mm-hmm. year and is going to have to completely overhaul their back line. I think having someone like him back there is absolutely invaluable. Well, speaking of trades, uh, he uh, Chivas USA isn't the only team making headlines uh, right now in. Uh, Major League Soccer. Uh, there's been a couple trades. Carlos Ruiz, DC United. That's pretty big, right there, Ivis. Yeah, that's uh, that one was a little bit of a, a surprise. Not not so much that he's back in the league, but you know, DC United uh, becoming the latest stop for El Pescadito. He's uh, he's a player who can score goals. He's done it through his mm-hmm. career. He hasn't he hasn't done it as prolifically. I think he's approaching. La- he's approaching hundred, right? Uh, I think he's got eighty eight. Yeah. Um, but, uh, most of those, to be fair, most of those were, uh, you know, five or six years ago. Um, he, he had a, he obviously had a stint with, uh, Philadelphia that was, that wasn't too bad. Uh, but again, I think he can still score goals. And from what I understand, they got him at a pretty reasonable price. Uh, you know, sources tell me that it, it's in anywhere in the 150,000 to 180,000 range. Uh, you know, so DC, if you're DC United, when you look at their, they're stable of forwards. You yeah. can't say they. You can't say they have like world beaters or, or an all-star cast of forwards there. So uh, it's clear Ben Olsen wanted another option. And, and I think for me, I think if you put him, if you if you give Carlos Ruiz, Ruiz some service, he will score. And I think him playing in an attack that has Dwayne De Rosario, Chris Pontius, and Nick DeLeon, uh, I think he will score goals. Yeah, it's just it. It makes me almost think that. DC United's, um, I mean, attack could could be a force to be reckoned with in the East. All, all of a sudden, just like that. Well, I mean, let, 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 let's take it down a notch. Ruiz is good, but he's also he's older now. He's not quite. He's not you know MVP of two thousand and two Carlos Ruiz, but he he is pretty solid, and and he could provide an upgrade. I think DC has. They're going to have a fun attack to watch as it mm-hmm. is, uh, but it's still going to come down to can any of these fours that they have. Uh, really step up and, and kind of fit in there and provide goals on a consistent basis, and I think that that really hurt them last year. You know, not having someone other than Chris Pontius uh, to be to be a consistent goal scorer for them. Well, and I think you also wonder, you know, what the potential of a player like Nick DeLeon is, who, who showed you know flashes last year of being a big time player. You know, you, you wonder, you know, where he's going to be coming into the season. Uh, a couple other MLS news: uh, a couple of veterans coming over. Uh, Mikhail uh, 
Sylvest. I think that's how you say it, uh, Ivis, because he's French. And you also have a uh, Nigel Rayo Coker uh, coming over. Uh, uh, Mikael's with Portland. Nigel's uh, Nigel is with uh, Vancouver. And uh, I mean, just you know, some some nice, I guess, uh, veteran signings. I like how you kind of did the French name okay, and then the, you butchered <laughs> the English guy's name. That was pretty hilarious. But let me tell you, the, the, you know, so it, it's interesting the, the Mikel Sylvester uh, signing. Obviously, people remember him from from his days with Manchester United when he was a starter on their on their t- trophy winning team. Uh, he he's someone that you know the last few years in Europe hasn't hasn't haven't gone so great, and a lot of people are killing the signing because there are the memories of those those last rough years. Uh, it, you know, at Arsenal, at Werder Bremen, you know, does he have anything left? And I got to tell you, I mean, I think for MLS, for Portland, is, I mean, they're not, I, from what I know, they're not going to pay him a ton of money. Uh, I think someone with his experience, I think he can do well in MLS. And I think Portland has done such a good job building their roster this offseason that I think having, adding a veteran presence like him, it, I think it's going to help. It's going to help them tremendously. Nigel Rio Coker, he's a bit more of a wild card, I think, because, you know, he he's young. He could actually be a standout. He could be an all-star caliber midfielder mm-hmm. if he gets back to to the levels that that we saw him in the English Premier League. You know, he had his, he has had his ups and downs, uh, which is why I mean, you know, here we are. We're talking about a guy who's younger than thirty, uh, who has experience in the Premier League, and he's coming over here. You have to ask yourself why. You know, he, he he's not obviously at the point of his career. He's not at the high point of his career. But having he's, said, he's that, kind of been he's going. He's, he's been going he downhill. Well, yeah, I mean, he, it's up and down. He still has talent, and maybe the change of scenery helps him. Uh, and if he can get back to his top form, I mean, Vancouver, you really got to like their chances of getting back in the playoffs. Well, and not that I want to dog on MLS, but but I think teams that are in the second division of in England in the championship, I think they're maybe a little bit better than MLS teams. Well, some are, some are. I mean, not not all, but not all. But I, right. I think yeah, I think I mean, talent I wise, I don't. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I guess on the outside looking in, if you, if you take it as just on paper, you have to assume that. He's gonna be a good player, but I mean, you, I guess you're right. You, you can't assume everything. He well, look. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I, I think. I, I think he's gonna be a solid addition to for them. I don't think he's gonna be a complete bust. I think he's he has too much talent, and he's still at, at a young enough age that I think he's gonna be able to provide an impact. The question is how much of an impact. Uh, how focused will he be? Uh, playing, you know, no longer playing in in the UK, and here he is uh, playing in America. Well, he's actually gonna be playing in Canada. But he'd be playing in the American League. Uh, you know, w- will he be motivated? Will he be focused? If he is, if Martin Rennie can get him, uh, you know, get him playing at his best, uh, that is a huge boost for that midfield. Well, Ivis, uh, this is the third show this week, and I feel like we have officially covered everything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm sure there are things we we haven't touched on, but it's the it's the the last week or two before the start of the season, and everybody's making their last minute moves. We didn't talk about Houston to the Houston Dynamo. They just signed a, a Scottish winger who who I think is actually a pretty good player. So you know we there, there's been there's been so many moves that we just can't touch on all of them. Well, we t- we but touched will, on all the hot gossip ones, all the ones that are hot. You know. Yeah, I think we've done a pretty good job <laughs> of that. But again, we got a week to go before the start of the season. Hopefully we can squeeze in a few more shows and, and and try to touch on all these things. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, this this the season starts next week. I mean, we got to preview. We got to preview as many teams as we can preview. Right, without a doubt. Uh, I, I'll be 
uh, a week from now, I'll be I'll be heading to Portland for the opener, uh, the Portland New York Red Bulls opener, and hopefully the Seattle Sounders opener uh, on the day before that. But you know, for the next week on SBI, we'll be giving you previews, team previews, uh, season previews. We'll give you our preseason best eleven rookies to watch, newcomers to watch. So so you're definitely going to want to be on SBI uh, for the next week or so, and, and we're going to try to throw as much uh, MLS prep stuff at you as you can possibly handle. I didn't realize we're going to Portland next week. We're taking the show on the road. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think you'll be there, but I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll take some pictures for you, uh, so you, so you know what that's like. Uh, you, you'll probably be busy uh, making snowmen in Arizona. <laughs> the snow already melted. It was gone by this morning. It was horrible. I was so sad. Oh, it's terrible. It was. It was. This is a big deal for us, Ivis. All right. Well, Ivis, you know. W- w- what, what we should we should we need to name this something at the very end, like Ivis's final thoughts. What are your final thoughts? Well, here we are. This is actually the uh, this is going to be the eleventh episode. We've cranked out a bunch in in the past month, and you know if you're whether you're listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or or any of the other, or just listening to us on SBI. If you do have iTunes, I, I would suggest that you know you listen to us on iTunes and and give us a rating on iTunes. I'm not going to tell you. What rating to give us? Five stars. But, you know. Yeah, five if stars. Chance, if, if you get a chance, you know, give us a rating on there. Uh, help help give us that push. We, you know, with the numbers have been really good. And, and now we're starting to really get uh, a bunch of guests uh, on a regular regular basis here. So we're going to keep trying to bring you some some quality guests and some quality uh, breakdowns on everything American soccer. So just just keep on listening and, and keep on. And definitely let us know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. That's what the comment section's for. So, so don't be don't be shy. I, I know our readers aren't normally shy. So, you know, let us know. Let us know what you love, what you hate, what you what you'd like to see us do more of, less of, change. Uh, we're we're totally open to suggestions. So, so you know, that's what. Go to the comment section. Let us know. Let us know how much you love it. Let us how much. Let us know how much you hate it. How much you can't stand Garrett's music. How much you love my music. Dude, just just get get do all. Okay, that. first off, first off, if anyone comments and says that Garrett. You know, it's like a pimp or Garrett's the greatest thing ever. We need more Garrett time. I will give you a personal shout-out on this show. And Ivis is not going to jump in and go, no, no, no. Okay, here's here's the thing. I produce this show, so I can do whatever I want. So give me a shout-out, and I'll say your name on this show. I promise. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know if you should hold your breath for that one, Garrett. I, that, I, I, you I, might I, get your feelings hurt. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> there has to be a positive shout-out. If you give Ivis a bad shout-out, I'll read it on the air. That's what that's what we nice. should do. <laughs> I think we're gonna have a help wanted sign. Oh my god! Yeah, could production. you could you imagine? <laughs> well, uh, well, as as we wrap it up, we want to thank Tim Howard uh, for joining us. We want to thank Dan Kennedy for joining us, and uh, Ivis, you you have a great weekend, and everyone have a have a great weekend as well. You too, man, and uh, stay out of the snow. Yeah, yes, I, I will stay out of the snow. This is the SBI podcast. Thank you for listening, Ivis, and I will be back again next week.